Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com. What is up, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And I'm David. And we are back to your regularly scheduled programming. Of course, we're still going to have more guest episodes, but last week we talked to Simone Yetch. It was super fun. Check it out if you haven't seen it already. This week, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got the new Moto Razor, which I think is really interesting, the Razor Plus, actually. Uh, a new AI image generating camera. I haven't seen this, but I'm very curious. Uh, also, WWDC is around the corner. By the time you listen to this, it might be happening already, but we also are going to wrap it up with a Q&A. So we got a lot to get to. I think that first, though, we should start with uh, Ford. Ford made some moves. They did. Actually, just one move. Yeah. They made well, one move. So, a couple of moves. Yeah, yeah. One one move that has a couple moves inside of the singular move. <laughs> they collabed. They collabed, yeah. Basically. Ford did a collab. It's like a multi-movement movement. Sure. Know. A compound movement. Compound. Ah, compound. there we go. compound movement. Mm -hmm. So Tesla and Ford have collaborated. Basically, what's happening is Ford has realized that Tesla superchargers are really, really good. And instead of contributing to a public network or building their own network, what they're doing is making their cars able to charge on as many Tesla superchargers as possible via several movements. One of those movements is by enabling them in Ford Pass. So you get an adapter, theoretically, I believe, and in Ford Pass, you'll be able to pull up to any number of the enabled, I think, thousands of superchargers when this starts to go live and plug in your Ford EV at a Tesla supercharger. The other move, which I think is actually way more interesting, is starting in 2025, all of Ford's new shipping EVs will have the NACS connector. For those who don't know, that's the North American charging standard, I believe it's called, but that's the connector that all of Teslas use in North America. It's basically the charging port from a Tesla. The Tesla chargers, yeah. So all of the Mach-E's and F-150 Lightnings and whatever other EVs they're making at that point, starting in 2025, will all have the Tesla connector and they'll be able to plug into a supercharger with no adapter, max speeds. I assume if you have an adapter, you're limiting your speeds. That's a pretty big shift. That's one way of addressing our customers really need more chargers. How do we how do we feel about this? This one? just reminds me of this XKCD comic. If you've seen this one, um, I will read it to the audience. That's a classic. Situation: There are four competing standards. Fourteen. That's ridiculous. We need to develop one universal standard that covers everyone's use cases. Yeah. Soon. Situation: 
there are 15 competing standards. <laughs> this happens a lot. Yeah. In, it's it's kind of interesting, though, because in the EV world, there's really two ports. 2.5. If you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So, but, but the big ones are CCS and NACS. Mm-hmm. And it depends on kind of where you live. What you'll see a lot, if you live in Europe, you basically only see CCS. Teslas all have CCS, et cetera. In North America, in order to use a Tesla supercharger, you must be driving a Tesla, which uses a different port than all of the rest of the cars in North America. Bunch of other cars using CCS, just Teslas use NACS. And so, yeah, so Ford's like, yeah, we kind of just want to jump on this uh, supercharger network. I'm sure some money exchanged hands. I don't know the details of how this worked out, but this collab... I think is a win for Ford EV buyers. 100%. It's a win for Ford because it makes all of their EVs much more compelling. I think the Mach-E is about as close to a Model Y equivalent as you could possibly get at this point. And uh, F-150 Lightning now is way more road trippable. Like I could happily road trip being able to Tesla supercharge uh, in an F-150 Lightning. So, yeah, it's a win as far as they're concerned. I think you can only consider it an L if you are a Tesla driver who's already experiencing really high wait mm-hmm. times or busy superchargers, and that's about yeah. it. That's the only thing, like, that's the only downside I see of this is, like, I will wait for the day when people are going to be like, I'm mad at Tesla because now all these other cars are at my charger and I'm waiting in long lines. I think on the East Coast, that's not that big of an issue. On the West Coast, there are some like pretty long waits, but like mm-hmm. overall, this is a huge win. I also think it is really cool because the f- main announcement was like 2025 Ford adapting NACS, but they said within next year or as early as next year, 12,000 superchargers in US and Canada will have the software integration to allow all the f- Ford cars. And I'm assuming we get an adapter at that point. Yeah, so 12,000. I And I just wonder here, anything before next year, mm-hmm. will Ford sell the adapter to these people? I'm sure they'll have some sort of uh, software update because yeah. there's no way they're going to leave behind the 2022, 2023 mach and F-150s. Yeah, I think all those people get this update as well. Yeah, 12,000. It was funny because when we did that video charging the Rivian on the Tesla supercharger, it was one of like, five chargers in the US that got enabled with this yeah. dock and you have to have the Tesla app and have a you use the adapter. But yeah, this is specifically like, all right, you've got the Ford, it will work. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. I have mixed feelings about this. Um as someone who personally experienced the terrors of <laughs> CCS road tripping in the Mach E from yep. Ford. Yeah, that's right. It was the Mach E. Um and got not enough sleep because of it. That sounds great. I mean, if we had done this road trip and our Maki had the Tesla supercharger, we probably would have gotten there at about the same time as you guys. Yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that, it's on the studio channel. It's called the Thousand just Mile like Race. Road, I think ours might have just been like road trip vlog for studio channel. Yeah, yeah. we did a road trip between a long range gas car, the longest range Tesla and the longest range uh, non-Tesla, non-Tesla, non-Tesla at the time, Tesla, which yeah. was the Maki. Brandon and I got there 13 hours later. Um, Anyway, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I feel mixed on this because it's great that supercharger network is already massive, but the U.S. in general is also spending tons of money to expand CCS. And there's been such a long period of time when everyone's been trying to decide, okay, what is the standard? What is the standard? What is the standard? Because if you go to a gas station, sure, there's like diesel, whatever, whatever, but it's all the same type of pump. It doesn't really matter like what's on the inside. As long as the connector is the same, that's all that really matters. And having these two competing ones is kind of weird now because Ford 
you know, makes the most popular car in the, in the U S like the F one fifty, Right. Yep. So if you have like Tesla and Ford that have the Tesla charger, and then you have everyone else on CCS, it's just going to like create this awkward separation. And then there's the whole thing where in the EU, Tesla has to use CCS. Mm -hmm. So it just, it just feels like a standards mess. And I was kind of hoping that Tesla eventually just switched back, switched back, switched to CCS and retrofitted all of its superchargers with magic Mm. adapters. Here's the thing about that. The NACS connector is better. And that's the it so is better. It's so much smaller. It's, it's smaller, so much faster. Thin cable, super fast, and like they've built the whole network. They've spent all yeah. those billions of dollars in the U.S. to like optimize this. We've got 250 kilowatt chargers and that thin cable, plugging it right in, uh, and that's so well done in the U.S. Mm-hmm. that the only reason they do it in Europe is because they had to. Yeah, they, I'm sure they would love to also do NACS everywhere. So. Do you it know does. why? Like, I know that Elon was trying to make NACS the standard, and it just yeah. didn't happen. Do you know why it didn't happen? I'm I don't know exactly. I'd have to look up the details, but I'm pretty sure that they were forced to use CCS because it was called NACS. Europe. Can't use that <laughs> shit in Europe. Can't use yeah. that in Europe. <laughs> well, even in the U.S., right? Like the um, it, Biden administration just put like a ton of money into developing ch- chargers throughout the United States, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it's mostly ccs chargers well it had to be i believe in that bill it had to the charging network had to be able to use more than a single company's worth of electric vehicles which i think is why we saw that push to the what are we what's the like magic adapter or whatever like dock the magic dock so like this feels like maybe potentially one part of that i i do think one thing here that's a little different and not as bad in terms of standards is like Tesla's all come with an adapter for CCS no matter what, right? No. No, they did they up did. until they 2020. Now they charge you? They charge you yeah, for Yeah, it doesn't come with it anymore. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to turn into this point of, are you going to start getting charged for that, or is it going to come with your car? Because it does seem like the software enabling is what was blocking CCS from using, or non-Tesla chargers from like having some sort of a, an adapter. adapter. Like I don't think there was any hardware difficulties of creating the adapter. I'm sure someone could have done it, but software yeah. was limiting it. I don't think an adapting both ways is going to be that hard. And like, if we see this magic dock, they're obviously opening it up for more people. So that will be open for other sides. And then also Ford and Tesla's can still go use uh, Electrify America or any of those as well. Yeah. I guess I'm just worried about my mom. You know, how is my mom going to know what to do? I mean, still <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's totally fair. <laughs> That's yeah. my main concern. Yeah, so I, th- I hope they make it really easy. Like with the Rivian, they give a software update. So now you can see compatible chargers and they include the Tesla superchargers. But there's still a process of like, well, you have to have the Tesla app and a Tesla account and then enable it in the Tesla, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, ideally, they make this easy with software, but that's not really up to them. So yeah. we'll see. Mm. Wait, did you guys see what? Did you guys see what Faraday Future announced? Yes. We did. <laughs> we all had <laughs> you fun, want to talk about fun this? of it. Very quickly. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. The one, 2017 is the first time I ever saw a Faraday Future vehicle. I made yeah. a video about it at CES. So yeah. this, is like, this is like six and a half years ago. Yeah. Can I throw like a, an anecdote in there to how long ago that was? When, I, when Marquez offered me the job, or said we should think about working here, you were at the CES where you, so like Uh, before I started working here, I showed your Faraday video to people I was telling who I was gonna work for. Yeah. (laughs) So there was no team, (laughs) it was just like, and 
even after this point, there was some hype. So like Faraday had been building hype before this and it was all the way until 2017 when we first got to see it. And I remember when I was there, they had the classic never gonna ship a vehicle setup. It was one yep. engineering sample with yep. an unfinished interior. I remember that. <laughs> and one finished vehicle that doesn't drive. Yeah. And so if you can just imagine them as one vehicle, yeah. this is gonna ship sometime <laughs> soon, right? So I made the video, I enjoyed it. It was nice and quick and zippy and they were like, yeah, this is gonna be a great thing. So Faraday Future, pretty great name because fast forward, what, six years now into the future. Um, they still haven't <laughs> shipped any. And they keep insisting that they're going to ship some, and I've seen so many different versions of them going, okay, now we're gonna ship. Mm -hmm. This is the first interesting one because they're putting up a configurator and there's a price tag and some specs. So let me just that go through that. Does it mean anything? It doesn't. Did you <laughs> see Electric's headline for this? What I think it say? could not describe it better. It says, Faraday Future starts shipping FF91 with many buzzwords and a $309,000 price tag. Yep. They shouldn't so, have said ship. They shouldn't have said shipping. Yeah, they not. haven't. They're <laughs> they they plan on shipping just like they've always planned on shipping. I Trust me, Faraday, I hear you saying you're planning on shipping. But <laughs> you're going to have to now ship uh, to people who will actually pay this price. So as you heard, base price Faraday Future FF91, $309,000. <clears throat> I'll just let that sink in, sink in for a second. Yeah. For a completely untrusted, untested For a new company, company CCS. Just new. That isn't the base price. That's the limited edition price. The new base price that ha will come out later is $250,000. Oh, oh I'm sorry. boy. I, 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 How dare you? I apologize. It's just Affordability. a Affordability. Way totally different <laughs> stratosphere. Here are the specs for the $309,000 uh Brand new, whatever. It's Why called. the $9,000? I don't not know. Just two ninety nine. It's like sometimes question. when you make the price a little bit different, it means more like it feels more Specific. like there's a reason for that. Like, yeah. well, we had like we just couldn't cut any more costs. We need to add that $9,000. 9, yeah. yeah. If it was two ninety nine, you'd be like, that make could or have break. been 200 This company yeah. might not exist if they just charged 300 Exactly. For so this, is, <laughs> this is what you'd get. So that it's like a sort of a crossover. Think of what is this? It's like an EQS type of shape. Like a, like a big EQE, maybe? It's weird looking. It's a crossover SUV type thing. Two rows, though. Uh, sporty, it's got a 2.27 second 0 to 60, 155 mile an hour top speed. So that reminds me of like a performance Model Y, probably a Plaid Model, model, Plaid model X, I mm -hmm. guess. 381 mile range. They're going to make 300 of them for this launch version. 22-inch uh, wheels, triple motors, 1,050 horsepower, and 142-kilowatt-hour battery. So, anybody <laughs> in? Anybody in? 300 globally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine because, like, maybe they'll make a whole bunch. Maybe they'll actually manufacture a whole bunch more of the $250,000 spec, but this is the no. the launch <laughs> the launch version. Um, I just don't know how... They're going to get anyone to buy. Yeah, I don't know. I, there was a, a cool tidbit in the Electric article that said um, when they first announced in 2017, they had 64,000 reser reservations after the first 36 hours. And then, like a year or two ago, they checked back in and they had 14,000 unpaid reservations and 400 paid reservations. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wasn't there and a that guy, was before this price tag also? Wasn't there a guy that either tweeted at one of us or emailed one of us saying, Hey, just wondering if you want to buy my Faraday Future reservation. Yes. I already <laughs> paid offered, for it. It's fifty thousand dollars. Someone generously offered their spot in line if I would just pay the fifty grand that they paid. Yeah, yeah. Nah. I also want to note that they they like is this a leaked investor deck 
or like what is this deck that you posted it basically oh. shows like how they've been going along for the last six years oh this is on their website that's on their website oh, i think that's from, just like straight up faraday futures website it's like so. their legacy or whatever and I just want to I just want to read this 2018 amid the thick fog of adversity we remain steadfast on our path 2019 amid the lowest of lows we thrived in desperate times 2020 during the dark moments the light of faith never faded away <laughs> We did. It's nothing. not a phase, mom. <laughs> it's like we did nothing for three plus years. Um, also, no, funny enough, uh, we lost money for three plus years. Oh, basically yeah. a like, lot of money, and they're just trying to, money, yeah. trying to convince investors that they have money or that they're actually going to make something. Also, funny enough, I think that that Faraday Future event where they that you were just describing mm -hmm. was my first CES event and my first CES, and I remember being there and being like wow, this is really cool. This yeah. is really futurist. I knew nothing about EVs. And I was like, well, I'm here for the birth of a new company. Yeah. And then, yeah, no. I thought a, that was going to be a pretty situation. <laughs> there is a 27-inch anyway. screen in the back. Remember the uh, remember the 30-inch screen in the back of the BMW? So it's kind of well, like, like that. There well, we it would be if it was real. <laughs> That's a fantastic <laughs> point. I problem. have a 75-inch screen in the back <laughs> yeah. of my Shipping fake someday. car. <laughs> Sometime soon. Yep. All right. What else we so we wanted to talk about the razor, right? Yeah. yeah. The razor plus, I think, is a more interesting one, but there's a razor and a razor plus. By the time you see the podcast, the video is out. I got hands on with the razor plus. I just think it finally feels like the beginning of like the second movement of us trying some new things. This could be totally wrong and maybe it turns out to not be a real thing, but what they did with the razor plus was huge screen on the outside. Love it. Basically, the entire, not the entire thing. It Most of looks it. Like it's like 80%. Yeah. It's a good amount of the outside. Around the cameras. Around the cameras and everything. So the hinge is like obviously still hinged, but everything else, big screen. And uh, you can do a lot on the outside screen. What's, you can, what's the screen to front ratio? I think it's like 80%. Do they actually use like that term? They might have said Did they really use it that term? It basically looks like the whole front, except the very top yeah, it, has a little bezel where I'm assuming they're putting the digitizers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the hinge but, and everything. Yeah. Yes. So... You can do basically everything that you could normally do on a phone. There's the settings page where you can be like, I want this app to be able to use the outside screen. And then you click it and you open it up on the outside screen and it just squashes whatever app you picked <laughs> into that little outside screen. Fine. There's also a, a whole keyboard. You can type entire messages and use the browser on the outside screen and do all these things. I think on a flip like this, you probably don't actually want to do all that much stuff on the outside screen. Like, that's why you bought a flip, right? You wanted to have it be like a barrier, you know? So you have to open it to use it and then close it. But this one is, it does literally every. There's games on the outside screen. <laughs> I mean, I want a flipping phone as an adult fidget spinner and nothing else. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't do those. that with a folding screen. That sounds like a great way to open that thing way too many times. Don't tell me what to do with my money. <laughs> just do whatever you want. I like this idea a lot. I think um, this is definitely a precursor to at least the leaks of the Galaxy Z Flip 5. It is supposed to look a lot like this. Yep. Um, this has sort of been the dream for me since the I guess we can call it the hamburger style flipping flip phone started shipping. Right. Um, because the first Z Flip had just like that tiny little time bar mm -hmm. and it basically was like not a display. Um, but this one's amazing because I I would actually like being able to manipulate 
notifications and actually reply to things really quickly and not just mm-hmm. i think previous fl- flip phones like this you had to use like pre pre typed out replies you couldn't actually type your own reply or anything right. like that almost like on your watch like how yeah. it's easier just to like yeah know. and like the whole idea of that style flip phone for me is like a lot of the stuff that you're going to do on your phone is just a quick glanceable thing that you maybe need to interact with a little bit and then you can open it up if you need to and a lot of android 13 and 14 the idea is that you're supposed to be able to do stuff on the smaller screens but then when you unfold it it contextually expands the information yes and this feels like the first big step in doing that with this form factor like the z fold has been doing that for a while yeah the big one the the hot dog ones yeah (laughs) i've been doing that (laughs) yeah yeah this one literally you could like you could have google maps open close it and follow the map directions on the outside screen like all the stuff works i think it still does though you said it feels like you can be do too much on it therefore like if you're buying a flip you want to avoid that mm-hmm. i think it still does sort of do that while just letting you do things without having it's almost the opposite of like you're not going to interact with that unless maybe like a text message comes up and then you can be like oh i can respond to this or i can mm-hmm. quickly do this there rather than oh now i have to flip my phone open in order to respond to this and therefore once my phone's flipped open then i've opened in. pandora's box and now i'm 12 hours into a TikTok I session. I that's or the thing is you could get into a 12 hour TikTok session on the, on the front screen. <laughs> I think it's still like still not quite right. It, yeah. So like you can do your things kind of quickly without having to opening up and then you're still kind of not quite diving head first into it. Sure, you, you're yeah. just dipping your toes in the the screen time pool fully immersed is it called the motor razor 40 ultra because that was the leaked specs it is not it's just called the razor plus okay so they also have a regular razor that's uh, a tiny little postage stamp outside screen with just the time or whatever we don't have a price tag on it yet we're all assuming this is going to be the first like truly affordable flipping the smaller phone or the cheaper one so it's going to be the same size it's going to have 144 hertz inside screen uh, which, by the way, the Plus has 165 hertz inside screen. They're going to have a uh, the same exact set of cameras. It actually gets a larger battery because the smaller screen means more room for batteries. There's a smaller outside screen on the... Yeah, oh. like a tiny little itty-bitty it's outside like the screen. old Razer one? Yep. Okay. And uh, it has a Snapdragon 7 Gen 1. So it's like a little bit of a bump down. I think it's a 128 gig starting storage instead of 256. And that phone, I'm assuming, is going to be, this is a total guess, $699 to $799. That would be epic. Which would be pretty sweet for yeah. a folding phone. We yeah. don't really get folding phones underneath 1000 too much. But the Razer Plus is the one that's going to be obviously competing with whatever Samsung puts out, Flip 5. Uh, I am, I'm fascinated by it. I think the big question is going to be battery life for the phone, because didn't they have to make the battery smaller to be able to do the yeah. larger screen on the front? So it's a 3800 now. Yeah. And then it's also a pretty tall display, like 21 by 9 or something. Yep. 3800 million by, by 9. 22 by, oh, wow. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Motorola is like one of the few US companies that is actually doing like true fast charging. Like, I, what is the charging speed on this? This is 30 watts. But oh, I'll also oh, mention something. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. The Razer third gen Razer had a notoriously disappointing battery life. Yeah. That was a, it was a thinner phone and it had a 2800 milliamp hour battery. Okay. So this one bumps all the way up to 3800. It obviously gets a much larger outside screen, but maybe battery life won't suck as much. 
Yeah, hopefully. Can I also just, for audio listeners, I realize we didn't say this previously, but like when we talk about full front screen, I mean like wraps around the cameras. Like the cameras are included inside of the screen. It's like, I feel like it it just, it really is basically the entire front of it. And it's really cool seeing like wrapping around the cameras. If you watch our video on it, there's like a game they have pre-installed on the phone where you kind of like move these balls around with the gyroscope and they fall into the cameras. And those are the little holes that you want to fall into. It's It's just gimmicky, but yeah, it's really fun. It's like the Zelda uh, like shrines that you go in, like where you had to use your switch to balance it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Pure gimmick, fun tech demo, hilarious use of the space. I will also just say when Lenovo bought Motorola um, Mobility, I was extremely nervous because Motorola, uh, Lenovo is just kind of one of those companies that makes a lot of random prototypey stuff, but either doesn't ship it or makes it really badly. Mm. But they've actually been trying a lot of really weird, fun stuff recently, especially around the display segment with that like dual screen laptop. Oh yeah, they did the tall. Yeah, the double screened laptop with yeah. the keyboard thing, and then there's this. Like nobody else is really pushing the boundaries of like the hamburger style foldable right now except for basically samsung but because samsung didn't have very much competition it's been i those phones have looked the same for the last like three years yeah so chilled yeah so it's good to see somebody else pushing into that space and i would love to have a return of motorola in the u.s i think that'd be awesome but except beyond the really cheap budget segment they dominate prepaid yeah but this is a real thousand dollar phone you guys want to blast from the past I have all this information in front of me because of an unrelated twip trivia search. But when you guys are talking about Razer battery life, the Razer V3, do you want to guess how many milliamp hours that thing has? Was that, that was like still That's the like, original yeah, the yeah. flipping phone that blew up that sold like millions. I think that might have been the V2. This might have been the one after it. The milliamp hour size? Yeah. So we're but talking we're, we're talking about like modern ones upgrading from like 28 to like 3000 is that what you said 2800 to 3800 yeah i'm gonna say that that had a 480 milliamp hour battery this, this is still like this dumb, is, dumb phone like yeah, 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 smart, yeah. like 10 this, plus years ago i think i was in high school when that came out my only q3 context, 2004 yeah i'm guessing nice. like 260 yeah also this is exhibition round no trivia and points no. are being awarded <laughs> in summer. fourth grade it's a uh, 680 milliamp hours Nice. So we've really come Sick. a long way. Thirty-two hundred million, and it, lasted, <laughs> and it lasted for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the irony of it all—it's incredible. I mean, yeah. it had a pretty small inside screen, so I guess that's not crazy. Yeah. yeah. My context was: I remember the the Motorola Droid had a fourteen hundred milliamp hour battery. Damn. Thank yeah. you to uh, GSM Arena for keeping this page up, so I yeah. can just look oh, at this. Oh, that was I, I didn't know they had that part. They have wow. everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The mod days go back real far. Yeah. times razor v3 all right what is this ai geolocating camera can someone explain this yes what is this okay um a lot of people were tweeting this saying this it. is this like a lot of people are tweeting this saying this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen but david's been waiting all week to talk about it yeah i think i sent it to you he did okay. yeah, yeah yeah you tagged me in slack you were much more enthusiastic about it than i expected it, okay it's not a product that anyone <laughs> would ever use. It's a. It's basically a toy. Yeah. So the yeah. idea is it looks like a camera. You carry it around with you, and it has a GPS in it. Well, right? It's also, when we say looks like a camera, 
so like camera body yeah but then rather than a lens it's like uh it's like i think hand. that's an antenna yeah i think yeah. it's multiple antennas similar to like a vive controller where they yeah. use that for like position tracking mm-hmm. so yeah sorry i want it like but it's I pink see. and it's like coming out of the front of a camera it looks insane yeah so it has it has basically a thing on the back that is effectively mad libs right uh, do you know mad libs yeah you just fill in you fill in blanks Additive, so it says verb noun i'm at this geolocation the weather is this and there is like some grass beyond me or something like that and then a ba- basically there's a screen on the back that has a prompt for an ai image generator and because it has all of this information from like google maps and like all of this like image data for what that place generally looks like and then also you're explaining the conditions of what the place is now well i think it's using gps and the internet to understand the the weather conditions as well like i think that's part of so what are you putting in i think you just hit the shutter button so i think because you said this is basically linked to a website correct that's like a prompt you can yeah you can go on this guy so his website is currently down because too many people are, are looking at it um, but you just put in a little bit of information, like the Mad Libs information. Like you say, it's midday, I'm here, it's partly cloudy. What are the so noms I, So I think what this actually is, is because of the GPS and the things, is when you click that shutter button, it's auto-filling in the oh. Mad Libs because it can tell through the antennas, like, yeah. I am in this coordinate, I'm facing this way, it is this time, oh, this I is see. what the weather for this area okay. is. And, and so then the knobs basically just change like how far away from it yeah, you it are. Yeah, it says meters, I don't know what seed, seed means. Seed is like... Um, like when you're clicking it, it's generating images, but seed one would be like the first batch that it generated. Okay. Wait. Seed two would be a separate batch. Oh, I thought seed was the seed they use for the noise, um, that when they diffuse the information through it. I don't think so. No, Cause only okay. one seed would be like really noisy. No, no, like, like, you know how you, you have different seeds to create different noises? Yeah. Like, you use that seed to create the, the initial noise map that you then diffuse mm. through. That may be true. Regardless. Oh, yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry. It, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, a, it's like a camera that looks like it has a crab strap to the front. And it, that's actually very accurate. <laughs> it's making all of these images, and there's examples on Twitter. We'll link this in the show notes. Um, the images that it generates are much prettier than the actual places that this guy is taking photos of. Oh my God. Uh, Everyone on the internet is like, this is so stupid. What is society becoming? And it's like, guys, nobody is taking this seriously. It's an experimental fun thing. For sure. Like just let it, let it be fun. I see this way more as like, this is using generative AI, like creating photos, but like he created this cool thing to basically auto plug in the prompt of it to be like in an area. And then, that's so oh, funny. it's kind of like I have a camera. So, but it is cool because you it automatically plugs the prompt and you take the picture and then it generates on this like weird little 3D camera thing he printed mm-hmm. and like he looks at it and looks at the thing in front of him and it's, it's right. Some of them are close. Yeah. Some of them are decently close. Yeah, yeah, it's usually just like a much prettier version of the thing he's currently standing. In yeah, because exactly. <laughs> it doesn't have like a million people. And yeah. like everything's like looks nice and. But looks isn't that what already. you want a, a camera for? Again, I, yeah, but it's this not is trying fun. to be this an actual camera. Yeah. It's like it's like a it's just a yeah. What can we do with our the current technology that just got invented a year ago it's just hilarious to put it in the body of a camera with a shutter button i think it's amazing i was just gonna say i think if it didn't have like the camera body around it it would be a cool 
thing, I, but because yeah. it's a camera, everyone's freaking out. I think that's what makes it fun. Dumb. Like he I, tried something different. I'm right? with you guys. I think we're so used to engineers and technologists inventing a thing and then being like, I'm going to shove this down everyone's throats yeah. until everyone's using it. That now it's like when someone invents something, we're like, get that away from my throat. You know, <laughs> it's literally, but a, it's like, it's, it's a, a toy. It's a little fun it's a toy. toy. It's like yeah. an art. It's almost like an art. Ex- like a, yeah. Like an art exhibit. Yeah, yeah like exactly. a modern art. Like, really- I could see this in the MoMA just being like permanently strapped to the wall. And then there's like a display in front of it that displays different places. And then it shows the thing and then it just yeah. generates. And, and in that art, like the AI yeah. is part of it. Like it's not replacing normal photography and no. stuff like this. Yeah. Like this entire thing is a project within itself. And therefore, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's like a benevolent Michael Reeves video. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, if you made a video on, like, making this, it would blow up on the It would be really cool. For yeah, sure. They should. Yeah, I really want to, I would love to get one of these. And it, um, by the time you listen to this, hopefully the guy's website will be back up. It got hugged to death, and it's been down for uh, oh. over a day. I just retweeted it, so it's probably. It's, <laughs> it's already, I mean, it's sorry. down for sure. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but the cool thing is on his website, you, you don't actually need the device. You can put in the parameters yourself, and it'll generate images for you. That's great. So you can kind of play with it. Uh, hopefully that's back up to Bjorn Carmen. I'm sorry that everything is falling apart for you right now, but Bjorn, can I have one? Your invention is very cool. Yeah. Bjorn. I would, I would love one if you listen to this podcast. Bjorn, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. We'll make a studio. Video I'll give on you the, the studio's GPS coordinates and then you just put one in the mail <laughs> and we'll make a video about it. Yeah. So anyway, it's, everything it's auto filling in, I think can be figured out just by the positioning of the camera when the shutter yeah. buttons hit. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's really cool. I think the reason there's discourse around it is because there's a lot of really disruptive discourse around AI imaging and AI art right now, and everyone's using, used to being angry. And also... And somebody is making something around it that is doing the same thing, but with the intention of not being serious, and people don't really know how to react to that. As I'm scrolling through, just... His tweet says, thank you all for the amazing feedback. There are a lot of questions, so I'll clarify. This is a passion art project, no intention of making a product or challenging photography, rather a question of the role of AI in time of creative tension. Nobody assumes yeah. that this that people are yeah, going to yeah. like take photos with this and pass it off as their real I'm, art. But like, that's, real like what the, that's what like, people are probably getting yeah, upset about. Yeah, there are about. probably some people that will say that. Yeah, but it's the same disagree. people that I say they're awesome. making a photograph. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. God. What the other <laughs> half of this is like? Remember, we just had IO, and it's like you took a photo, and then it's yeah. like, ah, oh, this photo is nice, but how about if it was a different photo? Yeah, and the sky was brighter, and the bag was gone, and she was two meters over, so she had the waterfall in her hands. You're yeah, kind it's not of really would really make that photo. If this gets we'll pushed into it. like the Google camera app, then we start worrying. Yeah, yeah then, but yeah, right Google now, could easily make this experiment. They could. But Way too easily. You yeah. go somewhere, your camera's broken, and your phone's just kind of like, yeah, but I know what the Niagara Falls waterfall looks like. <laughs> and you just kind of give them a photo of the waterfall, right. and that's it. It's a fun art project. Um, I just thought it was cute. It was fun. really cool. And I thank really you cool. for showing that to me, because it's yeah. very cool. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. We should take a quick break. Uh, we'll do some trivia and come back. we got a lot more to talk about. But first, questions. Trivia. Dude. So, yes, was dude. Tank last Thank time? you. It was. was it that loud last time or my headphones? <laughs> no, they, we, we raised Buzzing. it up just to mess with you. Nice. Okay. In 2005, <laughs> Motorola launched the Razer V3i, adopting the i to signal a collaboration with Apple. What Apple software did the phone have built in? Yeah, I remember that. I don't. Dang. Final Cut Pro. <laughs> <laughs> don't give them ideas. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> 
Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, welcome back. Let's talk about next week a little bit. Just briefly, we can we can sort of speculate about WWDC. We're in the midst of, well, we're about to be in the midst of one of the bigger uh, WWDCs in a while. For those who are somehow watching this podcast but don't already know, <laughs> WWDC <laughs> is the Worldwide Developer Conference. It is Apple's annual developer conference, but they also typically have a keynote for the world where they go over all of the new stuff for developers. Now, what's important for developers? Well, new software and new operating systems. So we'll get new iOS, new watchOS, new iPadOS, Mac new macOS. And if there happens to be any new platform that starts up, we should of course make a new name for that new OS and get developers in to make stuff for that too. That's what WWDC is. Usually we get some cool stuff uh, in the software department, not too much hardware occasionally. I think the Mac Pro was originally announced at WWDC. They said it's coming later in the year. But, you know, this is a good developing tool, a good machine for developers. So it was cool that it showed up there. But it's not like we're getting a new iPhone or anything. Yeah. should be pretty quiet, right? They announced M1 <laughs> as a concept at WWDC. Yeah, they said we're going to do Apple Silicon. And there's a developer kit where we basically took an Intel Mac Mini and put an Apple, like an A15 in there. So if you guys want to develop for that platform, this is a good time to start. So anytime you get new stuff, WWDC, that's where you see the new stuff. This t- this time, uh, we are expecting a lot of new stuff. Oh, yeah. You've heard about the rumors. Uh, I think the big one sort of looming on the horizon is... What's Swift. The, the updates <laughs> to the Swift directories. Let's go, baby! That's, that's probably going to be in there. <laughs> every but, single year. <laughs> no, we, we're all like sort of waiting for Apple's headset. Is it a VR headset? Is it an AR headset? What is it going to be called? What is the OS going to be called? The late isn't the latest rumor like Reality OS oh, and like Reality Pro. X, I thought it was XROS. XROS is a new one. Okay, XROS. We keep getting you know. <laughs> but new Reality hints. Pro is apparently the name of the headset. I think that's a crazy. What name. is it? I missed Reality that. Pro. Reality Pro. But that's also like if it's called Reality Pro, that leaves room for like a lower end reality. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's just we, reality. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a thing. No, there's going to have to be, if you're going to ship a headset later, Apple, you need to get developers to make software and things for said headset. So WWDC is the place to introduce that concept to the world. That's the sort of headlining thing we're expecting to happen. Headlining. 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 That's a pun. Uh, Thanks. I, I, myself I hope if one. they don't use that, I'll walk off. <laughs> we just all get up and leave. <laughs> just peace out. Should have said headliner. Uh, yeah, we got we got some expected potential things. Like we have other AR headsets that do interesting things. Um, this one, maybe iris scanning, maybe facial recognition sensors, I think maybe the, the easiest way to say this is it just sounds like the MetaQuest Pro, but Apple. But Apple, like think yeah. of everything the MetaQuest Pro does, and pretty much that's basically what they're saying. It's How, got a. It's got a Apple Silicon chip inside. But oh. the thing that the MetaQuest Pro does not have is an app ecosystem. And yeah. something that uh, Apple is going to be doing at WDC, theoretically, is they're going to be an, um, shipping and giving developers a really, really easy way to translate iPad OS and iOS apps to reality OS mm. or XROS or whatever they call it. Yeah. So basically, like they're probably not going to ship it right away, right? Like They announced... M1 there and then they shipped it in November. So there's this huge like lead time. Right. They're probably going to ship developers these devices and then they're going to give them like a translator to be able to re-export their apps in Reality OS or XROS format, manipulate a little bit to make it easier to use and then all of a sudden when you actually buy one of these headsets, you have all the apps that you already use yeah. but then you can just use them in XR, which yeah. is very cool. Which is sweet. For sure. Very interesting. That's how that's the Apple advantage, right? They're a giant company with an incredibly vibrant, massive developer community. They have the biggest app store in the world. Like if you can if any company can get these headsets to be a real mainstream thing, it seems like it's Apple. Yeah. So that's why everyone's sort of waiting to see what they do. Is it rushed? Is it finished? Is it the true Apple way? We're about to find out. Mm -hmm. Um there's one rumor here I want to see what you guys think. And it, it like seems very minor, but I feel like uh I think people might think differently of it external battery pack connected with a wire mm -hmm. to me that just does not seem like a polished apple mm -hmm. thing they That's want it to be as light as possible because having heavy headsets on for long periods of time is really tiring well, there, there's the reasoning they'll say on stage for yeah. sure it yeah. just still does not feel apple it's, it's one really product but they can of. make the ipod commercial again with the dancing people with the wire coming down <laughs> it'll be that but to the back wires are back baby it's cool now to have a wire it's gonna be a bright white cable too so it'll be like you're on the light. train everybody sees that wire they're it's like, oh, double like, light oh yeah also. yeah it's, it's not the fact that you're wearing a <laughs> yeah, headset no. that they know that you have <laughs> yeah. the newest thing <laughs> they miss that but they the wire the wire that guy's got it down to the wire yeah do we think what do we think are they going to ship something like immediately or is this going to be like a November. announce a developer kit headset and nobody gets to buy this one i think they're going to sell it for a very high price yeah. i think the last rumor was basically like next year or the year after will be the non-pro like consumer version that's a little bit smaller a little bit lighter reality but this version is definitely like they're gonna make it past the point where anyone can afford it just because it's mostly going to be like, this is the first round where we build out the ecosystem and get people learning how to use it. Mm -hmm. And then when the consumer version drops, it'll compete with like, it'll be probably still more expensive than the Quest Pro and that kind of stuff, but it'll mm -hmm. be more reachable. Do you guys remember Magic Leap? That like AR yeah. headset that mm -hmm. sold as like, it was like Magic Leap developer option. Yeah. Um, it, I forget if it actually did fully come out as like the consumer version, but like 
that's what I'm thinking of in this, which also makes me wonder, is this going to be sold in stores? I think Magic Leap was sold in like Verizon stores for a little bit. Did they ever sell that? It was it was a, the de- it was like the developer it. version of it, which oh. is still weird, which I feel like that's what this is going to feel like. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see it in an Apple store with an insane price tag and non-developers are going to buy it anyways, understanding like I'm paying a ton of money for something that's probably yeah. not fully worth that yet. Hmm. You can buy the Magic Leap 2, but you need to buy it for commercial purposes in commercial quantities and have a oh. team of developers who are going to develop for your internal use of it. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I, yeah. I believe I think the first one cuz I thought we you were able to Verizon buy the got got us yeah. the first one. Yes. Yeah. Weird. But this is more That's like very strange. Audi just bought a big thing of Magic Leap 2s to develop HUDs. Makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's cu- it's curious. This is this is going to be the first uh yeah, the first big new AR VR headset in a while. Um, what if all of WWC was in VR? What if it was in the metaverse? The, not again. What if metaverse. we went there and then they again. gave us a headset? To, uh, no. Sorry, that was not. derailing. We I would not <laughs> enjoy that at all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they got some other OSs too. So they'll probably have some some new iOS stuff. It seems like iOS 17 isn't going to be like some massive jump. They did a lot with like the lock screen of iOS 16. That was yeah. the headlining feature. We got like widgets, I believe was iOS like 14 or 15. This one, not too much headlining crazy stuff happening, uh, or at least that's not expected. But yeah. it's the new iOS, so it'll be focused on for sure. Mark Gurman called it a tune-up release. So it feels like sure. like yeah. fixing up all iOS 16 stuff to make it better. Literally the biggest thing I've seen is you'll be able to turn your iPhone into a smart display, which is like, I, I don't even know if I want to do that. They're also going to be releasing that um, your own your own voice that you can type in words and it'll that, speak for you. That was literally just like a small nugget of an accessibility feature yeah. that most people will probably never use. But if you literally have like, I'm if you have it. like an, a disability with your voice or you have like trouble speaking, you can have it, you can go through a, a session where you say a bunch of words and it synthesizes your voice. And then you can use that as sort of like a DJ board to have it say things for you which is amazing. Yeah, I know. And I want to try it, mm-hmm. even though I don't actually need it, just because it seems podcast. kind of sick. Whole <laughs> just write all of it. Because, like, the headline is easy. It's an AI. Apple made a way for you to AI synthesize your own voice. I was like, yeah. they did what? Yeah. That, seemed, that seems super cool. You hook that up to a GPT, and then people can just talk to you on the phone, and you don't even have to be on the you phone. You never even have to wake up. Yeah, I can take <laughs> meetings. <laughs> never have to wake up. Why would I at sick. this dark? <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that so iOS 17 tweak tune up update cool. Um iPad OS might be along the same lines. There's also some new watchOS stuff expected. Uh this one could be a little bit bigger mm-hmm. just because we know we have Apple Watch Ultra now that's out. We could get some new widget stuff, some new digital crown functionality. There's some some rumors floating around again from Mark Gurman that I've read into which seem pretty cool. TVOS Mac OS. Hold on, you missed the biggest thing I think potentially for watch, which is a new, um, intu- more intuitive layout for watch apps and like just the watch in general. That could be. They're thinking like total redesign of your home screen on your Apple Watch. Oh, wait, the home screen meaning this cluster? Yeah, I believe so. That has been pretty much the same since the beginning. Since yeah. the original Apple Watch, you can switch it to a list view. Yeah, which is a list. Something potential yeah. Apple Home watch screen update with more intuitive layout is what okay. Mark Gurman said. Potential. Okay, I'm interested. Uh, TVOS is it does TV things. Yep. You know? Yep. That's cool. And then Mac OS, which we uh we we might some we might see some new Macs. 
Yeah, I think that the 15-inch MacBook Air is supposed to launch here. Isn't there a couple Macs? There's there's the big Air, 15-inch MacBook Air. Yeah. There's also M3 stuff possibly already maybe maybe because the imac still hasn't been updated and the m3 is supposed to be the first update for the Mm. imac wait we never got an m2 imac no so we have an m1 imac now we're just going to skip to m3 imac (laughs) that's the rumor okay which i think makes sense personally i mean imac people didn't really need the m2 update but it's still kind of weird to skip it but yeah yeah. it's weird to skip it yeah they could have just started putting it in yeah i don't know and then you know we always get like an m3 Mac Mini, M3, Mac Mini. iPad, M3 based uh, stuff. Mac Mini 13 inch Pro with Touch Bar. Can't wait. <laughs> Please kill me. Can I kill it? <laughs> keep the Touch Bar away from me. Um, also, my my reservation. We were talking about Mac Pro and how I've sort of adjusted my take on Mac Pro on this podcast in real time in front of you guys. I've settled on if there is no Mac Pro at this WWDC, it's never coming out. If there is no Apple Silicon Mac Pro update next week at WWDC. Apple will forget, they will pretend it never existed and that they never even mentioned it. Airpower it. Marquez, we've accepted this. I am just now <laughs> yeah. accepting it. Well, I know you guys weren't looking forward to the Mac Pro at all. I'm coming. But it, in, I was in like Tesla Roadster land where I was like, maybe someday, <laughs> possibly. Come on, you didn't do, forget, someday. did you? Do you think it comes out next week? I think it either, I don't, I don't really know. If you know had to bet to, on... It's gone for it'll never happen, or it's out next it's week. It's really one bet? or the other. Um, I would bet if I had to put money down, God, I think it's gone. I think it's gone. Think it's, it's gone. gone baby. I personally think it's gone. It they haven't power. done. Yeah, I was gonna say like Marquez they will run down the aisle if it gets announced. <laughs> they haven't like announced and then just quietly swept un- under the rug something since Air Power, and I think now's the time. I think you need it. Okay, Marquez, we're in the acceptance phase, right? First is denial. Denial. That was me. Second is anger. That's kind of right now. I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> been there. Third, you're just about to seep into acceptance. As soon as Monday happens, third is bargaining. <laughs> bargaining. On Monday, you're just gonna go talk Tim. to Tim. <laughs> Tim. Come just on, man. marches on, right man. into infinite loop and just, just like walks around just the office. Just make one for me. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I think it's dead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because otherwise, like the Mac Studio is the Mac Studio is already an awkward device considering it had the M1 Ultra was just a weird chip because the M2 Max is almost as powerful mm-hmm. by like only undercutting it by like 5%. Yeah. And so we don't have an M2 Ultra yet. No. So it's just kind of like. Yeah, it's kind of awkward right now. Yeah. It is weird. <clears throat> yeah. So I still want it though. That's I, the thing. <laughs> like, I, like if what? you ask me what I think would happen, uh, I have one answer. But if you ask me what I want to happen, I want Tim Cook to walk up there and be like, Marquez, bro, we finally did it. <laughs> we know you wanted a Mac Pro, and I know most other people weren't gonna buy this, but we're gonna Faraday Future this and just make a couple of them. Yeah. And you can you can you can get a Mac I Pro. I hope they <laughs> they like hybrid it. Like they admit that it's not coming, but they also like publicly admit that. So Tim Cook walks up, Mac Pro, and it that's, says it on the screen, and he goes, "Unfortunately, we will not be doing <laughs> that's the Mac least Pro. likely outcome. No <laughs> way in hell. <laughs> Apple would. Never. I would just if we didn't have live reaction of Marquez's face as that happened. Remember the um, oh. that scene where Craig Federighi was like, "We keep getting asked this question: Are we going to combine 
iOS and Mac OS, and then there was just a huge slide. It was just like, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I picture the same thing with the Mac Pro, where Craig Federighi goes like, Never we keep mind. getting asked about this Mac Pro. Are we actually going to do it? No. No. Uh, and then uh, I just weep. I'm like that meme with the smiling face. Yeah. <laughs> Pissed Craig. off behind it. Yeah, that's the way me. that you said, I I still want it, though, is like when my mom is like planning on taking me to Disneyland, and then at some point she's, gonna, she's like... David, I'm sorry, honey, but like we, our finances don't work this year. And then I just go, but mom, I still <laughs> I want still it. Though. <laughs> it's yeah, I am definitely in uh, bargaining, but I will probably have to be in acceptance pretty soon. We're getting there. Yeah. What What do you want out of Mac Pro? <laughs> Fair <laughs> question. Like, like, do you want it's a, no? It's better, a good question. Better ther- Do you want the modularity? Do you want better thermals? Do you want... Yes. <clears throat> it's hard, though. Like, so, what is modularity with the new chips, really? Right. The chips aren't modular, but the GPU part is. And I still think that there's a... Kind of like in Logic, there are lots of plugins that just make it work. In in creator world, there are still some GPU-heavy tasks and even some custom GPUs mm-hmm. that just make things work. I remember back in the day, Red had a GPU that they would sell to people, and it was like the most weird just collection of CUDA cores on a chip and no one who didn't need it would ever buy it for gaming. But if you edited red footage, my God, was that thing a lifesaver? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What and was the name of that again? It was the... Red Rocket. <laughs> it was called the Red Rocket. So let's <laughs> so not talk about that dumb. anymore. It was a terrible name. Uh, but that that world's still real. Um, I think there are still people who, who would like to stack two 4090s and throw it in a Mac and do crazy things with it, right? Hmm. There's It's got to be a little bit. But also, yes, thermally... I mean, I, I, at this point, I only really tax the Mac Studio at the very highest end of the heaviest edit where I'm stacking text effects and all kinds of things on my timeline. And at the highest end, I can get it to start to chug and even crash on me. Uh, sorry, Final Cut team, it's true, it happens. So if I could just sort of have the extra headroom of an M2 Ultra or Max or Extreme or whatever and avoid that, it would be it would be the dream machine. And I would pay extra for the dream machine to have the headroom and never worry about it again. You're still definitely in the bargaining phase. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like looking down the barrel. I'm like, I would, <laughs> I would give you dollars. Yeah. There were people you know? talking about a potential M1 Extreme as well, which mm-hmm. would now be yeah. M3 Extreme, where it's like the M1 Ultra was two M1 Maxes fused together. This would be like four to eight fused together because you, How do you have, not want that right because like b- before you had to cool it right and that's why the 4090s and then 240 that's <laughs> yeah. why the the mac studio was so thick yeah and thermal. it was like it was like two and a half mac mini st- stacked on top of each other this if if it was in a similar chassis to the mac pro you could do you literally just you, it's, it's god mode yeah you do anything like, yeah. i am in open air yeah i love inside that. the cheese grater that's why i'm thinking like we talked about this already but the old uh Darth Vader trash can Mac Pro yeah. was ahead of its time because yeah. today in that much space they could do thermally great things with right. silicon where they had that old Intel chip in there and it was like it was bad guys one fan really <laughs> you heat- thought that would work we're heating up so yeah that's my uh, bargaining bring back the trash can I'm just saying don't bring the trash can back but you can do a Mac Pro Apple you can do it they won't please, please do I it. hope for your for your, your sanity Marquez that yeah. they don't end dubbed up with mac pro in a trash can again did they ever show the chassis for we would, it they didn't right they just said we're working what? on it for, yeah they, yeah. they just so macro. i was hanging on to the words at the end we can move on from this but i was <laughs> hanging on to the words <laughs> at the end can, of one of their keynotes <laughs> and he said and next we're moving to mac pro and then they left the lab 
<laughs> no, they. So they said we've finished the Apple Silicon update because remember they they made this like two year yeah, promise. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, and with that, we've finished the Apple Silicon update except for one more thing, the Mac Pro. And they said it out loud. They yeah, named yeah. It. No, I remember. And I was like, oh, so they're still doing a Mac Pro? Great. And that's the last time they ever even said those words in any <laughs> Apple literature or presentation. That's the last time it ever appeared. So I've been just kind of, I've had that like clip echoing in the back of my head. Like you said what? that one time so if anyway. we ever need content for this podcast i just have to say mac pro and marquez has 20 minutes of content it's, for us it's, it's, it's sorry I mean, to, sorry to do this, this to you i personally feel bad sometimes after this week we will know okay. it's either never coming out yeah. or it's happening yeah that's true after monday like if we go through all of dub dub and we don't hear any mac pro mentioned i'm dropping it it's not happening. It's not coming out. That's the acceptance phase. Yeah, that's the acceptance phase. All right. All right. We'll, uh, we'll accept a trivia question. <laughs> Since the 1960s, the Santa Clara Valley has been known as the Silicon Valley. Prior to that nickname, it was known as A, the Golden Valley, named after the Golden State, B, the Lally Valley, named after the village in France's Isère region, Lally. C, the Valley of Heart's Delight for its high concentration of orchards and flowering trees. Or D, Arroyo Diablo, Arroyo being the Spanish word for a flood basin and Diablo coming from the Diablo Mountains immediately north of Santa Clara. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Wait, don't they have to name the next Mac OS? Remember uh, every WWDC, they're like, our crack team of developers has come up with a new name (laughs) for Mac OS. And they haven't gotten through all the famous places in California I think it's going to be Arroyo Diablo. That sounds like a new Mac OS. But that was the past. True. If it's the right answer. It would be a good throwback. If it's true. Or maybe I made that up. It just sounds (laughs) like a good name. If it's not the name of the, if it's not the trivia question answer, I kind of hope it's the next version of Mac OS. I think they should, and I'm from California, so I can speak like this. I think they should pick one of the bad places in California. (laughs) Like Mac OS Barstow. Folsom. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, God. They started off with like national parks and like very memorable places. And then I think it just kind of. Alcatraz. Then it was like. (laughs) (laughs) You're trapped (laughs) in our ecosystem. Yeah, that's what it feels like. (laughs) That would actually be really fitting. That would be sick. Okay, Mac OS Alcatraz. That's definitely what they're going to name it. I hope so. We'll be right back after the break. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. 
AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at auris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Last week, Kanye West accused one of the biggest Twitch streamers of being an industry plant. It's an idea that comes up so often on platforms like TikTok and elsewhere. You see people who have blown up seemingly overnight. And the question is, who's behind them, right? That's what everyone wants to know. Tipping the scales and pulling the lever to make them seemingly the next it thing on the internet. This week on Power User, is it even possible to create an industry plant on the internet? And if so, how? All right, welcome back. This is the last part of the pod, and it is just questions and answers. I am told that we have some questions uh, from you guys on Twitter. Is it just Twitter, I think? We pulled on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, okay. So we asked you guys what you wanted to know on Twitter. Fun little pre-WWDC Q&A sesh. Probably questions for any slash all of us. So I haven't seen any of the questions yet. I will will just just answer them as we go. We Mm. can just get into it. All right. Yeah. First question from it's gillies 675 on twitter what do you guys actually do during the ad breaks we cough <laughs> <laughs> that's actually i mean I, I feel like there's small like i always like crack open my water bottle and take a drink we kind of check on what the time is but other than that we usually talk just about keep, something keep and going. just waste a lot of time I've i had, just read ads yeah i've had a lot of people ask if we actually take a break it seems a very hot topic. Do they think it's like a like a several minute break or something? Well, because it's like we'll be right back after the break. And it's like it's a break for you guys, but it's not a break for us because yeah. we never stop working. <laughs> yeah, if you zoomed out, you would you would hear us literally go, "We'll be right back after the break." All right, we're back. <laughs> yeah, it's like immediately right back into the pod. The break yeah. was four There's microseconds. Been some, we had like a thirty minute conversation about Central Jersey one time. True. Fortunately, I was not here for that. Thank God. It's like sometimes just some dumb conversations, but most of it is usually, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes what will happen is like I will be in the peripherals sort of scrolling Twitter for brand new in the moment information just in case it relates to like what we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. And occasionally I'll be like, this happened 30 seconds ago. Breaking news. Friday future ship to car. Breaking news. Yeah. Like the fish from SpongeBob. Um, (laughs) Breaking news. So yeah. Really, yeah, not much. That's not too much. To that one. While you're enjoying your ads, we're already working again. Enjoying your ads. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you are. <laughs> hey, this question was asked by at I am Hammond on Twitter. Hello, Hammond. His first name's actually Daniel. Well, I definitely recognize that name. <laughs> Take it back. 
Okay. Uh, what is one of the biggest features you wish the studio had that it doesn't currently? Features. Features. <laughs> well, I can speak more car chargers. Yep. That's yeah, yeah, I think you. I don't even own an EV, and I wish there was more. I don't even chargers. own a V. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. <laughs> Parking. You lost it. Chargers, fast internet. A studio scream stream. Internet. Uh, yeah, David and I have been talking about a scream room for yeah. whenever, like, whenever we're something's... about to send a tweet, and instead of getting the anger out by sending the tweet, we just go into the studio scream room just and scream. scream. Yeah. Or you like a... somebody typing too fast, and you like unplug the <laughs> keyboard, and you're like, no, 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 no. stop, take this out some Yell other way. Yell it out. Yeah. They go into the scream room. Yeah. And if we hooked up a Twitch stream to it, it could be the studio scream stream. Hmm. It'd be like the Namibia cam. <laughs> the what? The what? Who? All right, now I got to explain it. <laughs> All right, so my little brother, shout out Mason, plays nice. a lot of uh, Gary's Mod on nice. like online Gary's Mod. That servers. game is still popular. It is, yeah. yeah. And one year I was visiting him, and he was playing Gary's Mod on a server that he, I think he's like a moderator, and he's like really in the server a lot. And on his second monitor was a live stream of a watering hole in Namibia. <laughs> I um, love those random live streams. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But, but it was a thing where everyone on the server had this same stream up. And so like some <laughs> random animal would like, walk and like start sipping and you'd hear the whole voice chat be like bro gazelle there's a everyone look at namibia stream the namibia cam and then like the whole thing would just like explode like bro yeah, that's so wholesome kids are incredible I love that. that would be us in the scream room yeah there's somebody Dave, in there Dave was about to tweet again he's screaming <laughs> all right next question from at cookie dark choco which nice. is a great name tasty for andrew Fave Taylor Swift album. 1989. Wait, you didn't want to ask me? <laughs> For Marquez, favorite Taylor Swift album. That isn't 1989. 1979. I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, I know another one. She wasn't born then. Damn. Red. Is that one? Yeah. D uh, no, give him the buzz because he didn't say Taylor's version. <laughs> oh. My bad. Come on. So he My was bad. right, also, but he was not ethical about it. Exactly. Yeah. Also, I did not get tickets, but I might try and go to Pittsburgh in like two weeks and get tickets there. <laughs> Holy not gonna... kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> well, if I can get them within 24 hours, I can make it there in six. How far would you go? To Pittsburgh? No, to like... Six. <laughs> How far um, would you go to see Taylor? I think the only miles. concerts left are like Michigan, <laughs> Chicago. Like, I'm not going to fly. Like, I can make it to... The, the only tickets you can get now, which I know because I tried all weekend to get them for MetLife, is like Ticketmaster just randomly drops like a couple of them here and there. And I was like glued to this Twitter account that was posting updates and like mm. refreshing all weekend. Let's go so if I can get it now. within 24 hours or even 48 hours... I could make it to Pittsburgh in time. That's the true utility of Twitter. And I, we already have friends who said they're down for this trip as well. You if said we can Pittsburgh? Get to, okay. Yeah. So Pittsburgh. Hmm. Fingers crossed. Good to know. Michigan's not too easy or not too hard to drive to either. That's. I feel like that's more than a... Michigan is 13 hours. That's got to be like over 10 hours. Michigan's right? 13 hours yeah. to get to Lansing. That's a rough drive. To get to Lansing. Yeah. But oh. Taylor Swift's not going to Lansing. <laughs> <laughs> De sorry, well, sorry, Lansing, <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> Detroit is only an hour from Lansing, though. Uh, Detroit, we don't need to talk about this right now. I've done the drive a bunch of times from Detroit. Oh, okay. Yeah. This next question is from Nicholas Bear at NickBear01. We have standard folding, flipping, and rolling phones, either in production or development. What would be a form factor you would like to see that has not been tried yet? The wing. 
like sidekick version that of like crazy. opening up something else. It. Like maybe the that's LG the best way because then the screen doesn't have to conform differently. But like, yo, my LG Wing video on Android Authority did so many views. Did, it, dude, People it went off as our most viewed TikTok still. Mm. And, and as like, we know, YouTube views translates directly to success. Exactly. Companies. Yeah, yeah. What if the <laughs> what if a sidekick just was a second screen? So you flipped it up. It was like a normal phone, and then it, it wasn't. Pff- no, it used to be keyboard. Oh, right, right. So what if it was just another touch screen and then, hmm. and then you have two screens on top Has of Has that not other? been tried like yet? I don't think so. The wing is kind of it, but that was like was, to a T with yeah, a smaller screen. What if it yeah. went whoosh, that <laughs> way? And then <laughs> you guys need to smack the lip. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the audio version. You're really missing out. I would prefer that it went. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, I don't think, yeah. yeah, maybe that's not been tried yet. That's it's more of that's the only thing I can think of because I'm not creative enough. What has not been tried yet? Crumple phone. I said it a few weeks ago on the podcast. Crumple? No, but the that TCL concept accordion phone. I was gonna say accordion. It never actually came and out, it, but that was the a accordion real? phone. No, it didn't come out. Oh. That was still folding though, right? Just, yeah. uh, just but it was trifold. But it was yeah. trifold. Oh, uh, so that's folding. Still. Crumple phone yeah. is like it's crumple phone. Crumple. It, it was what I said on the podcast like a few weeks ago. It's a joke, but like, yeah, a phone that you can literally just go. And then sort of like shake it out like a beach towel. So then it's even bigger in your pocket. Like I think of that when like Claire. like the receipts in my pocket. (laughs) Literally, yeah. (laughs) That's what Claire used to grab like poop bags to go on a dog walk. And rather than fold them up in nice, she would just crumple them. I was like, now it's this huge thing in my pocket. Just like fold it nice. She crumpled it? Yeah. No, no, not with the poop. Before, <laughs> before picking it up. Oh, no, it's very different. Thank God. Before picking it up. I, I was When concerned. it was just a bag. Oh, we need a new question <laughs> so like, bad. Claire. Claire. <laughs> anyway. All right, next question. Oh. This one's from Motion Zero on Twitter. What's your go-to thing to do to pass the time when the power goes out at home? <laughs> Wow. Marquez is about to flex on us. Marquez, how often does the power go out of your home? I don't remember the last time that <laughs> happened. Uh, no, the f- I've had power outages at my old place, which was not that long ago. I would light a candle, and because uh, then you could see stuff, and then <laughs> yeah, that was kind of it. <laughs> You just yeah. sat there in the dark <laughs> with yeah. the candle. What else I is there watched to do? The, the wax melt, basically. That's actually pretty sick. Yeah. So you meditated, is what it sounds like. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't have working cooking gas already. David which... basically lives in a state of not having power. So yeah. Sometimes <laughs> my only lights that I ever have on in my apartment are like three string lights. My power bill last month was eleven dollars. What? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, eleven dollars. Do you know? This is off topic. Do you know how many kilowatt hours? Did I have they... no idea. I could probably look it up. That's amazing. It's probably less than the Prius generates per hour. <laughs> you could just <laughs> for my entire plug month. the car. Okay, yeah. plug the okay. Prius into my apartment. But when I was a kid, uh, we used to we had this like little chandelier over the dinner table, and we would put a bunch of candles in it. We'd light them. And we'd make hot chocolate with our gas stove, and we would play Texas Hold'em uh, under the light. I like that. So cards, pretty epic. I like that. It's cool. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I feel like it depends on if it's like power out because of like a storm, which is normally what it is, and just like I don't know, storms are kind of fun to watch. I sometimes, watch like I could watch storms for hours, um, and then just get it's true lightning. Sad that I don't have internet and probably go to bed. Is <laughs> lightning so, storms are epic. Lightning storms, wind storms, like Sandy was 
wild to live through. Like I went out multiple times when, which probably shouldn't have, but like I had no power for two crazy. weeks. So yeah. that was a lot I of longboarded that night around my block just to say I did it. You uh, what? You longboarded around. I walked down this yeah. neighborhood and like in the distance saw this just kind of big shadow in the street. And as we walked up, it was somebody's trampoline, like just in the middle of the street. We had electrical fires everywhere, so no, everyone was told not to go outside. <laughs> well, you had a crazy flooding in Hoboken, too, right? Yes. Like, you couldn't even Hoboken really get under the street. several feet yeah. of water for a night. I was mainly under. I was in yeah. beautiful, sunny California. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you don't know what we're talking about. No. I mean, I know oh, Sandy Sandy. Was, Sandy yeah, Sandy was nasty. Up here, yeah. uh, for, for you guys, mm-hmm. for Andrew and David, Uh-oh. I asked ChatGPT, submit a question for the Host of the Wayform Podcast Q&A section. That's literally what I typed. Hello, Waveform Podcast team. I've been an avid listener, and I truly appreciate your perspectives on evolving tech on the evolving tech landscape. I have a question regarding the intersection of AI and personal privacy. With AI <laughs> becoming more sophisticated and integrated into our daily lives, what are some steps we, as consumers, can take to ensure our personal privacy isn't being compromised? Additionally, we the AI. Yeah, I can <laughs> see it with the with the fake mustache and the glasses, like. <laughs> Additionally, how do you foresee the role of AI in shaping our privacy laws in the future? Thanks, and keep up the great show. I feel Uh, like this is one of those things where it's like saying it's giving me an option, but is actually holding a gun to my head. (laughs) You don't have to answer that. That's just funny that you asked about AI. I just like how it pretended, we, the consumer. We, Look at we. (laughs) Do you have real human questions? I do have a real human question, and it is related. This one is from at... ULT gamer underscore O seven. How much, if at all, has your workflow changed since this AI began and how? Um, I think we get asked this a lot. It doesn't like from what I'm thinking, you guys maybe on the writing side a bit more. Like the most I've really? really seen it used in the studio is sometimes when we're brainstorming like title like studio video or waveform title ideas. When we have like a thumbnail already, we'll be like and we've we think it's like this or kind of like this vibe. So like let's let ChatGPT write ten options of different ways to word all of this. We might have used one at some point, or like I remember Alice one time we were doing that. Other than that, I don't really touch it. I also don't pay for it. So yeah, it's like a brainstorming tool. Uh, I've mostly used it in the writing process for coming up with alliterations. Al- alliterations for sure. Yes. And then just random different new uh, angles to look at things. So if you ask it a question that I already have my answer to just to see how it answers it, sometimes it might throw in a random variable. I was like, oh, I didn't even talk about the size of this phone. Oh, I didn't even talk about the buttons. There's just little random stuff it'll come up with. So yeah, brainstorming process. Yeah, I ask um, GPT-4 and BARD different things on various occasions just to like every time they get a new feature which happens fairly frequently just to sort of keep up with it. And then also whenever we, we have like these discussions Mm -hmm. in the office around like different paradoxes and different things that have not necessarily been answered, Mm -hmm. uh, like how many holes are in a straw. And I like to ask the AI just to see what it thinks. And generally it does not help solve the question, but it adds some fun to it. I'm an AI. So like, I don't really know. As an AI language model. But here's what some people might say. Yeah, exactly. Say both Which answers. is basically just saying the answer. But Cop out. You yeah. know, cop out. Um, yeah, mostly that. I think that, you know, Ellis uh, has been using some AI audio tools. Tim, I think, should try using some of the, like, 
AI content or fill stuff. Yeah, um, especially now that for thumbnails, because just thumbnails, right? And and I think this week Adobe officially added generative fill. <clears throat> they did. To... I've been playing with it a little bit. Yeah, it seems just really for good. meme potential. Yeah, mm-hmm. the meme potential is quite meme, high. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm about to put out a studio channel video on this, so you'll get all the details later. But for I, audio, yeah, I use Auphonic uh, as an audio AI all the time, and also I use the Runway Video Machine Learning. AI all the time. Is that um, runway or runaway? Runway. Runway. Yeah. As long as the tool's good. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. Cool. Next question. See. This one is from CR underscore C2 CV. How has the framework Chromebook been for David ML? More specifically, how has the experience been on Chrome OS? Which is a great question. That is a good question. Uh, I've gotten, I've seen a lot of tweets and also messages on Discord of people asking about this. Um, I got sent it just because I like like the idea of the framework laptop. You can literally like swap out all of the ports. So if you don't want an HDMI, you can swap it out for a USB-C. You can swap out the USB-C for like an audio jack, like whatever you want. I'm having trouble doing it right now, which is, you know. But you can you can swap out a million things. Hmm. The Chrome OS one um, is expensive for a Chromebook. And I think I still kind of maintain that Chromebooks like only have a space in being cheap um there are like a lot more there are a lot of expensive chromebooks that are quite good it's just that the point of chrome os is not to do difficult heavy tasks mm-hmm. uh if you have an android phone and you don't do heavy creative tasks there are a lot of integrations with chrome os and android which is cool yeah. like you can message through google messages right on chrome os you can get your notifications on there Technically, you can boot Android apps on Chrome OS and use them, which is cool. When they added that. You can technically also do that with iOS on, on Mac OS, but nobody ever does because it's just like the shape of an iPhone and it's the shape of an Android phone on this. And it's like, yeah. why would you do that? Um, for the podcast, super easy, super great. Um, my main problem with it right now is that the standby battery life is not very good. And battery life on Chrome OS is is also supposed to be one of the main reasons that you buy them. Um, but I leave this like, I leave the lid closed. And if I don't use it for a week, I would expect a Chromebook to still have battery left, but it always dies. Mm. So I have to plug it in the day before. Mm. Um, beyond that though, the hardware is super good. Keyboard is really good. I love the expandability. You can swap out the display panel and it has like these clickers for turning on and off the ability for it to use the microphone or the um, oh, webcam, hard, yeah. hard switches for that. Nice. Basically every single part of it is is hot swappable, which is really awesome. I'm most interested in trying the Windows version of this and also specifically the 16 inch when that comes out, which has like a modular GPU aspect and you can also swap out <clears throat> the speakers for like LED light panels and stuff. And that seems a lot more like the like future of framework. I yeah, Chrome OS is is it's a really interesting concept, but considering like the a lot of the benefits of it, like battery life, have been very upended by M1. It's hard to recommend expensive Chromebooks. Yeah, yeah. the main advantage of Chromebooks being that they can be so cheap and yeah. get ninety something percent of what you normally do on a laptop. Yeah, done. and I can't run Arc on it oh, because yeah. it's Chrome, it's Chrome. only. Oh, for that's the a great internet. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Now I've heard good things about the framework, this the 16 inch one, the <clears throat> modular GPU, all this stuff like that that you just don't see in other laptops. Yeah, which is really interesting. When it comes out, <laughs> it when still it does come out. out. Yeah, they exactly. announced it. 
So yeah, I have gotten a bazillion questions on it. I, I would really love to try the Windows version. So framework, if you hear this and you want to send me a Windows version, let me know. I'm Derbida Mill on Twitter. Um, yeah. Send it. Send it. Do it. I'm going to try and wrap a lot of questions that we got asked into one because okay. they're all sort of circling around each other. Interesting. Pixel Fold. Are you excited? Are you not excited? Will it be disruptive? Will it be a blurp? Uh, and then finally, who is going to daily one when it comes out? I am absolutely going to try it for a little bit. 100%. For I sure. will be. I am excited about it. The The other question, will it be disruptive? I don't think so. Yeah. It's it $1,800. Not... There's a lot of really good foldable phones like, out right now. It can yeah. be not disruptive and still not a blurb, though. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. I would say, like, in the middle there. I don't think it's going to be disruptive. It's not undercutting Samsung and stuff like that, but it's... Like, I think software-wise, it will be much more important than it is hardware-wise. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Because of what's going on with Android 14, and obviously what Google's doing with optimizations for folding phones. So the fact that they, the fact that it exists, will make it important. Mm -hmm. But it won't have any sort of what's the word uh, when it like interrupts the market. Disruptive. Disru it won't be disruptive. Yeah. It will just it will help move things forward. I yeah. think. I think that what's interesting is there was this article that was circulating this week that said that. Google was originally going to launch it a little bit ago, but they didn't think it was good enough. So they waited and they kept refining it. But yet it still kind of feels like a first gen foldable from Google. The hardware is really high quality. Yeah. But I feel like the refinements of like, I know everyone like there's a huge debate about the bezel size. But when you compare that to the other more mature foldables on the market, like the Z Fold, it is kind of hard to look past. I'm really, yeah. I'm and then curious. also the crease seems more intense than other foldables as well. Yeah. I mean, so. I spent very little time with it, so I don't know enough if I can say the crease was that different from others, but I I do want to daily it and use it because yeah. I feel like this is going to help me uh, instruct my, obviously, I'm going to review it. I'm going to really put it to the test. But this is the type of phone that I would use and n almost never recommend. It's one of those. Yeah. So it's the Omega nerd phone. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting though. I'm yeah. excited for it. Yeah. I love having all the pixel features on a foldable. I think that's what yeah. everyone's been wanting for a long time. You had to choose between the two and now you get both. Yeah. And we'll see if that bezel gets annoying or if I'm just like, wow, the selfie camera is better yeah. and real. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> that's true. This question is from Justin G1419 on Twitter. Never thought I'd say this, but as a fellow millennial, I'd love more videos <laughs> I like know this one already. <laughs> like Andrew Magnelli's lawnmower review. Do you guys have any other recommendations for home maintenance related tech? You use a lot of the ego stuff, right? Home, I wouldn't say a lot. Uh, you have a couple. Of, you I, have the snowblower. I just have the snowblower. You don't have like the leaf blower or the string trimmer? I bought a leaf blower a long time ago, so I haven't done oh, okay. that. But Isn't I a have... leaf blow and a snow blower the same thing? No. No. They're different things? Very different. No. Very different. Okay. Think of it as like a snow thrower. Oh, it like scoops okay. snow up. Got it. Yeah. yeah, one of them's for leaves and one of them's for snow. <laughs> so, Surprised you didn't know that. Thanks, yeah. David. So I have the Ego snow blower and I bought it right before we got zero snow for an entire winter. Yeah, we get anything So I've had those chargers on the battery on the charger like all winter and never used them. But yeah, theoretically, there's a whole ecosystem of products, but I have like a plug-in, uh, I call it an air rake. I don't know if anyone else calls it that. Air Leaf rake. blower, air oh, rake. That's kind of I have cool. a plug-in leaf blower with a hundred foot extension cable so I can walk around with an electric leaf blower, but it, it doesn't use the batteries. So hmm. yeah, 
I mean, it seems like the lawnmower is the sort of apex of it. <coughs> the, you know, it doesn't yeah. get any better. It's like the it's, flagship product. I've been thoroughly enjoying it, by the way. Still love it. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of the other Ego stuff. And then other than that, it's like it's not super techy, but just all power tools are electric at this point, and you kind of buy into an ecosystem. So I'm in the Milwaukee ecosystem, mostly. What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the know. other ecosystem? It's like the two main ones, right? Milwaukee's oh, the yellow one. Few, DeWalt. DeWalt. DeWalt is there's huge, the but there's yeah. still like Ryobi and Black and Decker. Yeah. And, uh, and they all have a color. Who, what's the blue one? Yeah. Co- blue Rhino or something? Cobalt. Cobalt. Yeah. Oh, Cobalt is blue. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. Cobalt is blue. Yeah, I got into Milwaukee just because my brother-in-law has every single Milwaukee tool you could ever think of. So it's very easy for me to go borrow and still use all my battery chargers and stuff. But like the ego stuff felt a little more like there was a bit more in it. That's why I made a video. Whereas like my uh, my impact driver just has a battery that I, I use just, for I my just, drill as well. I was just picturing like that conversation we had earlier about like 14 standards. Now there's 15. And I'm mm. just like. What if what if Milwaukee just started using DeWalt's charger or something? Like, how weird would that be? It would just be such an odd thing for the them same. to do. They're not going to collab crazy. ever. I do you have think. power tools? What do you use? I, do, I have one. What's the yellow one? DeWalt. DeWalt. I have DeWalt. one power drill, and that's my only power tool. Get an impact driver. Impact driver? I mean, They're I don't awesome. have to hang that many things. It's just really. worth it. Oh. <laughs> it's just it's a tool awesome. to have. It's the power. The question asked about... Um, <laughs> home maintenance so i will give the shout out that dyson was probably hoping i would give a thousand times Yo. the dyson vacuum it's it's incredible I've, i highly recommend it we bought one finally the other day claire was using it and she's like why ha- why did we not buy this and i told her i was like marquez used to try to convince me at work all the time and i was like no it doesn't make sense for us and now we have it and you walk around from room we have to room not touched the other vacuum it, yep, since yep. then it's incredible it was the it was like 400 bucks best 400 dollars we've spent yeah my favorite home appliance is the propane uh camping stove that i use <laughs> because i don't have working cooking gas wait so <laughs> nice nice we'll put the affiliate so link just... to that in the show notes <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like it's on the floor no it's on top of my stove oh i see like For now. Camping i mean stoves? you could put it on the floor if you wanted to I see. <laughs> Okay. If you really wanted to cook the floor soup, you know, but I cook it on the stove, but on top of the, on uh, top yeah, on top. Of the... <laughs> this question brought to you by being old <laughs> <laughs> and living in the oldest building in your apartment, maintenance in your uh, in your neighborhood. Anyway, yeah, one more. I want to sue your landlord. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sue them so bad. Someone to sue, Mr. Landlord. landlord. If you're listening to this, yeah. What's his, my... what's his name? <laughs> Say it. Dachshund. <laughs> Where do you live? No, no shame. All I'll say is that they said that they would fix it eight months ago, and it's been eight months. Damn. You should get it in writing so you can sue them. Yeah. Oh, I have it I would just stop paying. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This last question, I think we've done quite enough. Mm-hmm. Wow. This last question comes from Harsh Patel at Harsh Pats. We just saw David take a lovely vacation with his 50 different cameras. <laughs> I only brought six. Would love to know more about everyone else's favorite cameras. vacations. Wait, that's it? Wait, favorite vacations? Well, everyone else's favorite vacations they've had or are planning, but... Oh, oh vacations. Yeah. Not cameras. I thought you said... David said cameras. Sorry. Oh. 
<laughs> oh man, I thought this was the one asking what your favorite photo you ever took was, and I had a favorite photo. I well, think. are you on a vacation when you took the photo? I was. Okay, that, probably. So I have to find the in. photo. Those are, that part's gonna be tough. Is that the one of the of the uh, with the valley with the X one hundred, the crazy goat picture? No, it's the goat picture. Goat yeah. picture. Yeah. I have a. What did you do? It? He's got a gnarly goat this. picture. LeBron James was not happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll let you guys talk why I find this. Was it amateur or was it with your goat pro? Goat pro. Goat uh, amateur. Jesus. Favorite vacation you've ever been on? Favorite vacation. I mean, Hawaii is my favorite place to vacation. I think I've been three times now. Hmm. I like Hawaii. I've only I've only been to one island though, so I should probably. Yo, right. That's, that's a, a pretty goat, nice picture, dude. Yeah, that's Damn. the hardest core goat you've ever seen. <laughs> that's a mountain goat. Yeah, Christ. you finally found a picture. That's, that's, yeah. that's really sharp. That's really sharp. It's really sharp. <laughs> What'd you right? take that with? Uh, A7R2 with oh, nice. a like twenty four to one hundred five. Um, we were pretty close to it because of the place we hiked. We were in Glacier National Park, which oh, I think I have to say is like. Also, my favorite vacation because I also got engaged during that trip, so that was a lot of fun. But the wildlife is crazy. This it was this uh, trail where it was really snow covered, so not many people hiked up it. And there's just a group of mountain goats up there, and like Mm. I'm behind a walkway, but I have like the camera through the walk, the little like guardrail, and then zoomed in on it. And then I can't find the other picture, but the next one it looks straight at me, and I go like I'm too. I'm too close here. It's time yeah, to it's leave. Ram you, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is probably my favorite picture I've ever taken. That does remind me of uh, I did go to Yosemite National Park once when I was a kid, so and we went into the into the redwood forest at a picnic table and started eating, and the ravens would kind of just sort of sort of chill. Like they didn't like come up to you like pigeons in New York City, but they would like happily like mm. swoop down, yeah, investigate. And I was super into ravens at the time, so I was like, "Yeah, this is <laughs> That's sick! Awesome. Look at these big they're, birds. They're smart." We did a, a, a hike in Yosemite up towards the top. It kind of like overlooks the whole valley. And while you're up there, the ravens are just flying around where you are because you're on this little ridge. Yeah. And if you walk away from your backpacks, they jump over to your backpacks and start they're, opening, they're them, like undoing the They'll zippers. Undo zippers, yeah. yeah they're smart birds. Yeah. That's fire. I love Yosemite. I've been there many times. I was there in October, and it is freaking beautiful. It really Um, is. I would love to go to Glacier at some point. You definitely should, and I will tell you all the good places. I'm going to free solo El Cap. Sick. No cap. Do it. You won't. No cap. El Cap. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I could pick a favorite place. There's too many that I've been to, and they're all pretty. Humble Flex. Is Iceland in the top 50% or bottom Um, 50%? Iceland's up there because it feels like Mars uh other ones i love i love like the remote parts of denmark i love portugal i love japan what was the mountain you took i keep wanting to call it the toblerone but <laughs> oh oh the, the, the matterhorn matterhorn matterhorn, matterhorn. Oh. yeah <laughs> that was like a, that picture is incredible yeah there's yeah. like a really remote village in switzerland um, trying to remember what it's called. You have to take like a four hour wooden rickety train there. And it was blizzarding when I was going at 2 a.m. And I was like, I'm going to get blown off these tracks. I got there and I'm like walking through the village. And there's just these insanely rich people that are walking towards me at like two in the morning. Um, and they're like, Welcome to Zermatt. And it was like two in the morning. You're in a movie. Like, Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. And then the Matterhorn is just there. Like just looming like over the whole looming. town. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. It was nuts. That's so, so cool. Anyway, it's very cool. 
It's a good one to end Very on. Very pretty place. Yeah. 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 Well, we should go over uh, the questions that you guys had for us at the very end. The trivia questions. The best questions, All some right. would say. All right. Quick recap on the score. Marquez with 18. Andrew with 15. David with 19. In 2005, Motorola launched the Razer V3i, adopting the eye to signal a collab with Apple. What Apple software did the phone have built in? Write your answers. 1994? 2005. Wait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where on earth did he get that number? This Time's is really difficult. I feel like they wouldn't allow this. Uh, Final cuts on everything now. So. <clears throat> all right. Hold all on. right. Flip them and read. What do you got? Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, we all put the we same thing. We all put the same one, which iTunes. is iTunes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. This was one. This was a weird time. I'm surprised they allowed that. Yeah. They had iPods yep. and they were like, "Well, what if phones had iTunes?" Before the iPhone. Before the but iPhone. But I bet it had wow. way less storage, and then people were like, well, I'll just get it. So there was iPhone. a caveat there. Despite the fact that you should have been able to hold, you know, closer to like 400 songs, given the memory on this Razor, or like the maximum expandable memory possible, depending on which flash of the ROM you had, you were limited to either 50 or 100 songs, even if you had the space for it. The other caveat is that you could only play U2's album that got preloaded. <laughs> I could see that actually being... Yeah, that's pretty I'm, classic I'm, Apple. I'm joking, Alice. No, yeah. But the the limiting of the songs is very Apple. Yeah. Right, very but Apple. U2's Vertigo came out in 2004, meaning there's a chance. <laughs> I just think that song is ridiculous. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There was a special U2 iPod classic, which mm -hmm. is amazing. So. All right, this next one is multiple choice. Uh, remember, it's about the Silicon Valley, also known as the Santa Clara Valley. That's its yeah. actual name. Yeah. Before it was known as Silicon Valley, it was known as A, the Golden Valley, named after the Golden State. Uh, for those outside the U.S., all 50 states each have like a nickname. Like mm -hmm. New York is the Empire State. California is the Golden State. New Jersey's yeah. the Pork Roll State. <laughs> that one's not true. New Jersey is, in <laughs> fact. But people outside of here don't need to know that. That's true. <laughs> Do you know what it is, Ellis? Of course, it's the Garden State. Yeah. Is there that many gardens here? That's they have, they had to choose every something. State name. <laughs> every state name, I go, are there that many? <laughs> sunshine State, really? <laughs> <laughs> there are that many suns. <laughs> Lots of sunshines. <laughs> Georgia, Peach, really? Peach State? No. Is that actually what it is, the Peach I don't State? Think, I think that's their license plate, actually. <laughs> A, Golden State. Or, excuse me, Golden Valley. Golden B, Valley? The Lally Valley. Named after the village of Lally in the French Isère region. How do you spell that? Lally? Yeah. Exactly like valley, but with an L. Oh, really? Lally Valley. L-A-L-L-E-Y. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Lally Valley. Had to double check, but... If it's real. Yeah. Anyway. The Lally Valley. Again, named after the village of Lally in the French It's like region uh, of Isère. And that took me a long time to figure out how to pronounce. C. The Valley of Heart's Delight. Named for its high concentration of orchards and flowering fruits. Or D, Arroyo Diablo. Arroyo being the Spanish word for a flood basin, and Diablo coming from the Diablo Mountains immediately north of Santa Clara. This is difficult. Good job. This is not tech at all. No. 
Silicon Valley, baby. Yeah, it's tech adjacent. That's it wasn't Silicon Valley though. No amount of technology would help us answer this question. Yeah. Uh, that's true. <laughs> the internet could. That's. I'm gonna ask ChatGPT. Just kidding. I wrote an answer. I'm nervous. <laughs> David, what did you put? <laughs> Who wants to go first? Uh, I Mark. put B. So, the Lally Valley? Yeah. Sorry, dang. I put the Lally Valley. Nice. Uh-huh. I put Arroyo. I put D. <laughs> it was C, wasn't it? It was, in fact, C, that the Valley a- of Heart's Delights. But uh. I do appreciate that both of you guys thought the valley, the Lally Valley. Okay, so <laughs> hold on, hold on. So like when I asked you to spell it, you didn't look and spell it down. I was like, it's definitely not that. But then you like did a really good job saving yourself about like no, saying like learning Lally, how to pronounce all Lally is a real city in France. It okay. has a population of about 300 and it is in fact in yeah. the region of Isère. <laughs> yeah. It my, just has nothing to do with Silicon so Valley. So my, yeah, my two guesses were going to be that because there's so much wine made in the Sonoma Valley. Excellent. Which is very close yeah. to the Silicon Valley. That's exactly what I was thinking. And I definitely didn't just Google the word lally and backform Why would that you word. No, of course not. Yeah. You stupid. Wait, you didn't, right? No, I did. I just Googled the word lally because I thought lally valley sounded really <laughs> funny. And then, you know, backformed the, the answer. Wow, yeah. I wish I was French. Yeah, he got you guys. All right. <laughs> the, <laughs> C, the reason I almost put C, which is, I guess, real, because there's a lot of fruit. Mm-hmm. In California, yeah, you can pick it off the trees. There's lots of orchards, but the problem is there are lots of orchards all throughout California. It's not, not just that area of California. Yeah. Is deer real place? Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> there's lots of places in California that start with Arroyo because California has lots of Arroyos. I just figure there's so many Spanish named yeah. Los Angeles, like everything San Andreas, San Francisco, everything south is like San Spanish Diego. named. I just figured it was another Spanish name. Yeah. Well, the U.S. bought California from Mexico, right? Arroyo Diablo is actually in Texas. Also, bought is a strong word for one went down. Yeah. Yeah. I would have. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, (laughs) thanks for watching the Waveform Podcast, where you can always expect a whole bunch of tech and just a little bit of history on the side. Hope you learned something today. Thanks for watching and listening. Hopefully, you'll catch us with a very special out-of-your-typical-scheduled-programming episode during WWDC week. Stay tuned to the feed. Expect it. Oh, yeah. Expect get ready for it. Oh. Set your notifications because uh, it's happening, it's coming in hot. We got a lot to talk about, but other than that, we will catch you guys in the next one. Peace. I'm glad that our trivia points did not really move. Waveformers <laughs> <laughs> is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Rovin. We're partnered with the Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro music was created by Vane Sill. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.